You're listening to What She Said with Candace Sampson, a podcast for Canadian women about Canadian women. What She Said is here to empower, educate, and entertain you. For the past six months, I've been sharing interviews with amazing female business owners that embody the best of entrepreneurial spirit. Together with RBC, What She Said is taking a deeper dive now in a five-part series that takes a close look at some of the struggles and triumphs women business owners have faced during the pandemic so that others may learn and grow from the wisdom shared here. Today, we're taking a close look at some of the hurdles those in travel may be facing. When it comes to travel, women are definitely driving the bus. Travel companies dedicated to women-only customers have increased by 230%, and 80% of all travel decisions are made by women. Even more surprising, though, is according to a study cited on condorferries.co.uk, regardless of what is going on in the world, it has been found that 86% of women state that they are not afraid to travel. This independence, though, must be tempered with practicality because women face risks that men don't. This is where Femme B&B enters the scene. Ya Barago and her partner Diana Obang know the pain points women face when traveling alone and are on a mission to alleviate travel anxieties through curated services on their platform and to reshape the women's travel experience and connect women through travel. Joining me today are Ya Barago from Fen B&B and Faria Umar, Senior Commercial Account Manager with RBC. Welcome to the show, Ya and Faria. It is so great to have you both here. Thank you so much, Candice, for having me. Thanks for having me, Candice. I'm excited to jump into this conversation. Um, I've been writing about travel for about a decade myself, and so travel is near and dear to my heart. And particularly right now, it is an industry that is really hurting. So I think that your timing on this, Ya, is really great. So there's a, there's a story behind you coming up with this, though, and I think that people always connect with a story. So why don't you share what propelled you to start this business? Um, I'm a lover of travel, and I also, I've been in tech for the past 11 years. So um, being a, a lover of travel, I love to travel. I love to go to places to discover, you know, new things and immerse myself in cultures, different cultures. So I remember on my 30th birthday, I had planned my 30th birthday trip with my girlfriends and they ended up bailing out on me. So I decided to just take on that trip by myself as a solo traveler. Um, I traveled to three different countries and um, the first incident actually happened in Paris, but it was where I was able to connect with someone that I met on Facebook that was able to kind of help me around. Um, But the incident that basically, um, you know, nailed the coffin was um, when I went to Rome and um, my host, I had originally spoke, I spoke to him about coming to Rome by myself. He said, no problem. He's going to pick me up from the metro station. When I got there, I I, I called him and I actually messaged him like, hey, you know, I'm here. He's like, he's with another client. So I should walk my way to the apartment 
On my way to the apartment, I was sexually harassed in front of the apartment. I voiced out my concern to him. The first thing he said was, this happens all the time. Nothing will happen to you. Um, I was quite shocked um, with his response and his nonchalant ways. It means that it actually does happen all the time to women. So when I came back to Toronto, I started to talk to several women. Also through market validation is when I found out that this is a needed um, service that needs to, of course, solve a problem, which is um, really alleviate safety issues associated with women travel and making the experience um, enjoyable when they travel everywhere. And that's basically, basically how uh, my experience basically shaped, shaped FemBNB so far. Because there have been stories from around the globe of these awful experiences that women um, come across when traveling alone. And as I said it earlier, 86% of women have no problem traveling alone. But unfortunately, we still have to deal with the patriarchy. That's global. <laughs> so we want this to be a safe experience for women. Um, and so Fem B and B, it's not only providing accommodations, you're also creating community, correct? Correct. So we are creating a community. So with every person that joins our platform, they are part of our her community. Currently, right now, we are developing the applicate that part of the application. So it's not in service right now. But the whole idea is that when women join our um, platform, be it a host or a guest. We, they get to connect through her community. If they are engaging in different activities on our platform, all through that, they're able to connect even before they travel, during their travel, to really um, create a sense of um, connection and sisterhood and even um, credibility on the platform as well to ensure that women travel is um, supported throughout, throughout the world. Okay, so let's talk about sort of the, you know, the mechanics of using FemBnB. I go to the website and then what do I do? So currently right now, we're actually about to implement a new um, onboarding process. But when you do go to the website, you do go through our verification process or your email, your phone number, and of course your government ID. With the new process that we're bringing in, you have to actually, um, government ID is important now, but also add the facial recognition to that. Um, when you actually become a host or you wanna be a host, we also do require um, a property documentation to ensure that you are actually the owner or you are able to, you're, you stay at that premise in order to ensure that the, um, the property is validated. So this is sort of an extra, um hurdle then because you you truly do if you're going to be helping to ensure safety you have to ensure that the hosts are going to provide that correct 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 so um that's another actually this is another thing that we're also about to implement we're about to partner with a company that allows hosts to also do their own verification as well so that is an added on safety for the hosts and also for the guests as well um and I mean, at the end of the day, I believe that with women, we care so much about each other and we have shared experiences. We will understand what the next woman needs to be able to provide for them and make them comfortable at that stage. So, okay, then, so let's let's back up then. When did you start FemBnB? So the idea was formulated or idea came about in 2017, but FemBnB actually started um, we pre-launched this year, January of 2021. And the response has been? The response has been awesome, has been really great. Um, so far, we have over 
close to 6,000 women that have signed up around the world from over seven, almost close to 70 countries, actually. I keep saying 60, but actually close to 70 right now. So um, it's, it's been, it's been a really, really um, good, I guess people have accepted it really well, I would say. Um, and um, we hope to, of course, get more attention um, from women and of course, get more attention from everybody to be able to scale up as much as we can. So I, I love this story because I, I love how you, the, talking through this because I think about entrepreneurs and this is the entrepreneur's journey. They come up with a great idea. They're very enthusiastic. They jump into it and then all of the hurdles start to come up. So what was the first major hurdle you came up against? The first major hurdle I came up against was the fact that I didn't do the proper um, analysis about the entire project. Um, really focusing on the, the minimum viable product was not what my main goal was when I first started. And because of that, we ended up having to scrap everything. Um, and that was the major hurdle for me because I had invested so much of my own money and so much of my own time that I had to scrap everything. So really understanding what the immediate need what need was to, to actually create the platform was what I lacked um, initially. So now I, under, I understood that after that experience. So with this current platform, I made sure that what we need at this moment, what needs to serve customers is what we currently have. What needs to serve women is what we currently have right now. Everything that we add on is just an added feature to make it much, the experience much better for women. And how, how quickly are you able to react as the learnings come in now um, as you grow? Um, you know what, being, a, we have a very small team and really small budget. So having a small budget is harder to act quickly when there's a problem. Um, however, we are, of course, finding ways around it. We've got some feedback from users, iterating the platform, as I said, the new onboarding process. It should have been done a long time ago, but because, you know, we only have about one or two, one full-time developer and then um, a part-time developer, we really can't get things fast as much as we can. Um, so that I think is the, is the main thing right now to really kind of get some of these issues sorted out. And has being, uh, you know, being a global business, how has that uh, impacted things? Um, it actually hasn't impacted us in a negative way. It's more in a positive way because people are actually finding us about finding more about us in different places. And we have people registering from different places, but our marketing focus is actually in Canada right now. So we are, our focus is here. We're not looking elsewhere. Of course, when people do come from outside, we do accept them, but our focus is in Canada. So that allows us to really, you know, have a, a, a point guard that we're really focusing on to make sure that things run smooth, especially being a two-sided marketplace. You really don't know what the, if the chicken and an egg go first or the egg goes before the chicken. So really having that focus is important and us really ensuring that Canada is the first focus, especially in Toronto, is, is what we're trying to do. Okay. So Faria is joining us from RBC. And, and for everybody listening, you know, we did have a pre-call about this to sort of establish so we didn't, you know, uh, just jump in and, and give a surprise question to her. So she is coming a little bit prepared today uh, with some of the hurdles that you had. So let's let's talk about those. What are your two biggest struggles right now? 
Um, the first biggest struggle that we're having right now is we have the demand, but we don't have the supply. Um, really, and as I said, the chicken and the egg, where do we, where, where is our focus? So we, we getting a lot of women that are signing up, but we're also not getting a lot of women that are listing their properties right now. And that's, that's our biggest hurdle. The second hurdle is of course, funding, um, how like really trying to get more funding, um, to really help us scale our, our platform and help us also with the marketing, um, objectives that we have. Okay. Faria. I believe this means the floor is yours. Would you like to jump in on the first uh, topic? Thanks, Candice. And uh, yeah, it was uh, really refreshing hearing your whole experience and kudos to you for doing such a great job at creating this platform and what you have done so far. Um, I was listening to you and it was actually a couple of points that I had uh, thought of, which I thought will benefit you. You've already uh, sort of learn them from your experience and that is fantastic for an entrepreneur to have that growth mindset learning from your mistakes and seeing how you progress from them so one of the things that you had mentioned was uh, having the uh, demand but not having that supply so my advice to you would be to focus on a differentiation strategy um, spent on doing I understand that for a startup Every dollar counts. So focus your marketing on uh, the target market, on that consumer insight. Because in today's world, having that desk research to consumer insight is valuable. You really need to know what your audience wants. How do you uh, let them know? How do you differentiate that yourself? So that is key. Another thing we have noticed as from different businesses that we deal with from a bank's perspective is that there is a shift from acquisition marketing to engagement marketing. It's not about how we bring more consumers to this new product or to new platform. It's more about that. How do we help our customers? How do we help them solve that problem? So you know how you want to solve that, solve that problem. You found the solution. It is how do you articulate it clearly to your audience? Do you have any, do you have any questions then around that, Yaw? Um, no, I think it's pretty clear um, in terms of engagement, um, really engaging our audience. That is something that we're actually planning to do in, um, in the next few months. So I'm really ha I'm happy that you brought that up because we figure that that is where we're actually also lacking really engaging the users and letting them know what kind of listings we have, you know, the workshops that we have, and really also gathering more feedback from them. So thank you for that, for that insight. I'd like to expand on that a little bit, if we might, uh, because there might be somebody listening, and this is really about learning and building community and helping each other. So if somebody's listening to this, what are some different ways we can do that engagement piece uh, without breaking the bank? Because as you said, every dollar matters when you're a young business. So some of the things that I can uh, suggest uh, for you, yeah, would be to show a proof of concept. So you want to bring in more hosts and it's always hard to sign on new people because the product is new. They don't know what the platform really does. Just having that willingness and flexibility and the fluidity to let them try it for one week or 15 days just to try the platform, see the benefits out of it would be really helpful because for every startup, this is an advice I give to a lot of startups that you don't have the credibility to earn the right to get that contract yet, but you should have the willingness and the fluidity to show the proof of concept. You have a great 
product, how do you show that to others? So having that willingness to let them try it for free for one week, 15 days, that will give you the uh, ability to show your platform to them, have them try it, explore it. And then they might also give you feedback that will help you improve based on their actual usage as well. Ready to take control of your future? Realize your business idea with RBC through digital first solutions, advice and services that go beyond banking. They can help you start and grow your business. You can get started with opening your business account online. RBC ideas happen here. Learn more at rbc.com slash beyond banking. I'm curious if we could talk about social media for a minute. Because I think this is something that most new businesses will really struggle with initially. Uh, it, it's impossible to have a business without having social media platforms. But we also know that they are a massive time suck and may not give you the return that you are expecting. Um, what have, have you been struggling with this space at all, Yah? Actually, we have not really been struggling with the space per se. We actually found that the social media is our biggest marketing um, tool. Um, because when we had first had the idea, we just started off social media on Instagram with just some pictures. And eventually within the span of two years, when we were trying to build the first initial platform, we were able to really gain interest from people and really started to um, also gain interest through um, wait lists. So we launched a wait list and that's how from Instagram and other platforms that we're on is how we're able to actually get a lot of people to join our wait list before we launched. So, um, and it has been a huge marketing tool for, we're not really, um, we're not really finding any issue there yet. Um, we haven't really putting any marketing, any significant, significant marketing dollars to, um, to gain followers. It's mainly through like word of mouth and people kind of seeing what we're doing. And we hope that, you know, it will continue to benefit us once we get more funding to be able to put more marketing dollars out there to, to scale our business. And what about uh, connecting with, uh, I'm, I'm going to put this in air quotes, influencers or, you know, opinion leaders in the space? Has that been helpful to you at all? Or is that is that is hindered at all? I hear mixed I hear mixed feelings from people on this one. So I'm curious what your thoughts are. You know what? We really have not really been engaging in that in that specific side of things in terms of digital marketing with influencers. Um, I know that there's a lot of businesses that are moving away from influencers because you know they find that they're not super effective. They kind of move from one brand to the next because there's no loyalty. Um, so we haven't really been exploring that side of things, but what we actually been exploring is really reaching out to travel influencers and writing about them, right? Really interviewing them and, and letting people know about them. And when they post their articles and they post their stuff, people from their, um, I guess, community sees it. So we're really not engaging influencers that in that other way, but for us it's through like maybe you know, through um, interviews or blog um, posts and stuff like that. So it's almost like reversing the role. You are yeah. spotlighting them. Yes, correct. Correct. Yeah. So it, it really is a win-win then because you're getting the people that you want, uh, you know, on your site. And, and of course, you're promoting them. So they will in turn promote you. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So 
the big one is funding. <laughs> right? I mean, I, I mean, every entrepreneur is going to feel this pain point because that is, you know, if it was unlimited dollars, everybody would be a success, right? So where does the money come from? And, and how have you been pulling in funding as you go? So um, mostly, most of the money has been bootstrapping. We've just been bootstrapping. And we also, luckily, we've been able to raise a significant amount of funds about 35 to 40K through crowdfunding, through grants. We won some competitions. Um, we won the House of CD competition that was worth about 10,000 pounds. So that was a lot of money at that time for us that helped us. We recently also got on the grants that's coming through right now. I believe that's sponsored by City of Toronto um, through DMZ. So we, um, we, we, and we just applied for a new one, a new grant. So we're just you know, finding ways to apply for grants to help us move forward and hoping that once we are able to, you know, get more traction, we bring in investors in when we're ready to, to, um, to actually get some outside funding. Faria, how would you uh, suggest they, they pursue some funding at this time, especially during a pandemic where, you know, everybody's chasing some dollars? Yeah, you are doing absolutely the right things. Um, fun, uh, grants is the best way to for any startup. I always recommend that. One thing uh, which I heard while you were telling about uh, the efforts is that you are part of DMZ. So I was going to recommend that to you. DMZ Incubator is a fantastic place, especially their bootcamp program for an entrepreneur like yourself. You get a lot of support. Um, at this stage of your startup, I would say, other than funding, it is also very crucial to have that mentoring and that ecosystem, that tech ecosystem that will really benefit you as you grow through each stage of your uh, startup and entrepreneurship. Um, there is uh, another organization called Futurepreneur. They are very focused on small businesses. They provide funding up to 60K for small businesses. They also support with resources like mentoring, helping businesses with their business plans, their cash flows. So there are other resources like that as well. It's very important to be part of a tech ecosystem. Um, because you are tech focused. So that's why I'm specifically saying tech because it, you don't just get the mentoring from a formal mentor. And we all know the benefits of having a formal mentor for an entrepreneur, the success where we have historical studies showing how that translates and from vision into actual execution, but also that peer to peer with different startups. I know DMZ provides that, Futurepreneur provides that. Another um, good thing to look into would be, I know you're already looking into a lot of grants, um, Grant Match is another software organization that basically takes your need and uh, matches you with all different areas of funding, historic as well as new that are coming available. So it's always good to stay in touch with those companies as well so that you're always looking ahead versus then what's just available right now. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you for that advice. Ready to take control of your future? Realize your business idea with RBC through digital-first solutions, advice, and services that go beyond banking. They can help you start and grow your business. Get started with RBC. RBC, ideas happen here. Learn more at rbc.com slash beyondbanking. I think we would be um, probably silly if we didn't talk about the elephant in the room, and that is this pandemic, which has brought travel to almost a standstill. Uh, how are you working around that, y'all? 
Um, thank you so much for that question. I think the pandemic definitely has impacted travel in so many ways. Um, when, when the pandemic actually hit, I remember I was in New York, I was on a travel, um, I went to a travel conference, a three-day travel conference, when they announced that COVID-19 would be a pandemic. And at that time, my plan was to come back and launch our MVP for FemBNB. And I came back um, in, in, a, in a very, um, I was very confused. I would say I was, I, I didn't know what to do. Our team was literally confused as to what, what, should, what should we do next? Because one, travel is on hold. All um, flights are canceling. I remember my trip to, I was supposed to go to Portugal with my husband, it was canceled. So everything was all over the place, but we had to kind of go back to the drawing board and really figure out what we need to do at this time when travel is not really happening. So we decided to kind of put a hold on our launch um, and then kind of focus on building our community and cultivating that community. And essentially we did that. We did that through different events, online events, through um, um, social media events and really cultivated the community to where it is right now and essentially then launched after. So we also looked at it as, even though yes, it affected us neg negatively, we also looked at it as a positive way because um, it allowed us to really iterate our platform and see what we are doing wrong and have time even to talk to more users to find out what their needs are before we went out in the world. So it really kind of bought us some time Right now, travel is picking up again. I'm really happy. But of course, travel is it's not as luxury as it used to be. Um, it's getting it's very expensive now with the COVID test and the whole other things that you need to do. Um, however, it is picking up and I'm very optimistic as to what travel will be in the next year or two. And I'm really happy that FemBNB is also here to be in a position to receive all that in the near future. You are, in fact, heading out on a trip. Yeah. Yes. Tell us about that. <laughs> oh my God. Um, it's um, the planning has been quite hectic because I'm traveling with my family for at least one year. Um, so, but it's just the proceed, just the new regulations around travel has been quite a lot. Um, you know, we have to do at least, um, we have to do a COVID test before we leave, even though I have my vaccine, I'm, I, I'm fully, I'm fully vaccinated. I still have to get my COVID test 72 hours before I leave. And when we get there, we also have to do a COVID test as well, you know, have our mask in place, you know, have our hand sanitizer. So it is quite different. And funny enough too, I did travel in August last year to Mexico in the middle of the pandemic. And it was quite hectic, but it was as, you know, I, I think as, as if everybody followed the rules and wear their mask and do what they need to do and social distancing, things would be much better. And, and it was, it wasn't that bad when I traveled. And I think that, you know, as things try to get better, you know, travel would become much better for us again. So I'm looking forward to the trip for, for sure. <laughs> so I'm curious how much of this trip will be actually part of your business? Um, I would say about 60%. I, what I want to do is I actually want to do, um, more of a, a V blog to let people know that like, you know, working as a businesswoman working in a different country. Um, and of course I feel like I need a change of environment, um, to really bring on my creative juices again. I, I it's there, but you know, just kind of refuel it, refuel it again. And, um, and I also have the chance to travel to other African countries. Um, we also want to be able to have 
Fembnb spaces in different places. So I want to be able to travel there as well when I'm there. So I will still be working while I'm gone, um, but more uh, on a uh, on remote on the remote work per se. Yeah. Faria, I want to actually now move this over to you then because the pandemic hit and everybody started to work remotely, including obviously you. So how has that changed for RBC in working with clients um, remotely? Candice, I think that's a question that is on everyone's minds these days. And a lot of thinking has been done because we came from a very stay-at-office or in-person kind of model to a totally virtual remote model all of a sudden without any warning. And people thrown into multiple responsibilities uh, in the beginning of the pandemic, when they were not used to all that, because uh, we were used to having a segregation from home and personal life, we would be in office. Um, and then there came the pandemic, kids were not going anywhere, the schools were closed, daycares were closed, um, everyone was working from home. So I think it was a new mindset that was created. As a bank, we have evolved a lot. Um, it's a very hybrid approach that we have been uh, following. Uh, it is, we are still virtual, uh, a shift that we have noticed is that a lot of uh, personal side of things came out as we evolved to work in this new model. Um, there were dogs barking while we were having meeting. There were children crying, which has become the new norm. And we have all become very happily accustomed to it. It has also added that personal touch to interactions. I would have normally a very formal couple of first interactions with a new client. And then as I got to learn, know them better, I would get that personal touch with them. But in this pandemic, sometimes the conversations would start with one of my client's kids crying in their lap or my own kid crying in my lap, which is a very normal start for a conversation that happened in the pandemic. But I think it has also given us the opportunity to rethink how we work. Um, this is the new hybrid model that is a lot of positions which we thought we would never be able to work remotely. Um, now, Everyone can work remotely. I think this is the one big realization that we have come. We do not need to go back to the old model. We can adapt. We can adapt to this hybrid model and it has been working well. So it was a big change for us, but I would say um, it's for the better because we have all evolved and found a new way of working in this hybrid model. And I'm sort of appreciative of it as well. Um, I know a lot of people in my team and I personally uh, I, I think it's fantastic that we have evolved to come to realization of this hybrid model. And, and honestly, this is sort of the perfect uh, introductory podcast that we're doing with uh, RBC, because it really is, Yaw is able to now go travel the world and manage her business while on the road and talk to her financial advisors back at home. I mean, it's perfect. And a lot of women in particular are looking to do these long-term uh, tr trips out of country where they can work remotely. And so FemBnB is almost the perfect platform for that. Yes, definitely. Perfect. Yeah. For me, you know, working from home has always been, I've been working from home for the past six years. So hasn't, um, it's been part of my life for a while, but of course working from home and having kids 
you know, homeschooling and doing all the things, I've definitely changed the ballgame. So um, we're really encouraging women to, you know, rent a vacation home or rent, rent, you know, on our spaces on our platform and go somewhere and work from home and have your kids around if you can. And they call it workation, right? It's workation. You just go and, and do that. So yes, our platform is definitely there to support that. And, and, I'm, and I'm full force for that. <laughs> Faria, maybe you could be giving financial advice from the beach. You never know. I would love to do that, that I would be renting a place uh, somewhere in a nice beach. I think I would want that the most. And I could be sitting at a beach and giving advice and meeting all my clients virtually. I'm sure they would appreciate my view as well. Absolutely. Uh, Ladies, thank you so much for joining me today. I want people to be able to connect with both of you. So let's start with FemBnB. Yeah, where can people go? People go to fembnb.com, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, everything is fembnb. And my own personal page is ya underscore Birago, and that's on Instagram. And on LinkedIn, it's just ya Priscilla Birago. Okay. And Faria, where can they go to find you? They can find me on LinkedIn. I am as Faria Omar on LinkedIn. I'm a senior commercial account manager with RBC, or they can always reach to me by my email, faria.omar at rbc.com. And I think it's worth noting right now, too, that RBC, I really do want to say this. I mean, obviously, RBC is sponsoring this series, but I, it's really important to, to say this, that you are really going out of your way above and beyond to support female entrepreneurs across this country right now. Uh, women have been disproportionately hit by this pandemic in a variety of ways. Uh, so I think it's wonderful that you're supporting female entrepreneurship like you are. And I really do want to state that one of the things RBC said to me when we started to work was they said, they don't have to be RBC clients. And I thought, that's so wonderful that you are doing that. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And y'all, thank you so much for joining me today. We're all going to be following you around the world as you travel now. You know this, of course, right? Because you're you're going out and testing the waters for us. Yes, yes, I'm excited. I'm excited. Join me. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much, Candace. It is your favorite girl. That's right. It's the Ali Mars, the one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex, but I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it, and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at averyrich.com. 
Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.